0: Hello, welcome to the Time Turners Collective first official episode. Today we'll be discussing
1: The Wasteland by T.S. Eliot. It's a poem. It's the shortest book probably on the list. It's the only poetry that we're doing as well, so this will be slightly different to our other episodes because we'll literally be going through the poem and talking about our thoughts on it and the references within the poem. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah, also we recommend this is an
0: easy text you can probably find online. And this is a nice one to just get in front of you while we discuss it and maybe read along with everything we're saying. If you don't have it, enjoy to our in-depth analysis of every line in the poem, basically, in a fun and inspiring way.
1: we will make you feel clever. It may be because we make ourselves sound stupid or because we might actually have some good points. Who knows? And it might as well make you feel a bit sad because there's
0: a lot of mentions of death here, if that is not your cup of tea. And um, some mention of suicide and sexual abuse possibly possibly not not that intensely we really skip over that bit but yeah it's a dark poem and i reckon this one is quite different to the rest of the things we're going to do but I it's a nice so introduction to see our opinions our different views and what we think in a fun way of old
1: literature and death
0: So welcome to The Wasteland, a poem about wasted land. Yes. It's January. It's the 1920s. So how how is the 1920s, Laura? Well, made an amazing joke about this because you know how in the 1920s they were big on prohibition. Yes. The Wasted Land. I've oh. been waiting for literally two
1: weeks to say this joke and I'm so proud of her. <laughs> that's awful oh my god i hate it so much that's so bad the Ow. wasted land welcome to the 1920s well we are going out tonight so we are but i promise no alcohol has been consumed before this podcast although maybe it would make us better who knows we did <laughs> have maybe one drunk time. episode come back for
0: the wasted land or our weekly update another good joke we had the moment we heard wasteland what do you think of
1: it's wasteland baby oh, wasteland baby
0: bye hoshay but we promise that this episode isn't about that. This is about our lord and saviour, T.S. Eliot.
1: Jose, Jose is my lord and saviour. T.S. Eliot. We are professional English students. It just reminds me of a very funny joke I saw on Instagram this week about how T.S. Eliot has the S in his name because T. Elliot is toilet backwards. The, the land with waste. Land waste. Shit. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> there are rumours that he was a fascist. I haven't seen that in my research, but I've definitely heard people talking about it. So maybe he might be bodily waste, as it were.
0: On that note, more about the 1920s. Something I really liked is the Wimbledon Championships began, which is very irrelevant, but I just thought it was funny. Ian Forster also wrote a very nice review on the wasteland. He said that the wasteland itself was about the fertilizing waters that arrived too late. It's a poem of horror. The earth is barren, the sea salt, the fertilizing thunderstorm broke too late. And the horror is so intense that the poet has an inhibition and is unable to state it openly. I just thought that that really captured it. I thought it was pretty cool. Other people who are who we can compare with T.S. Eliot in this era, people around him and the 20s in general, 1922 specifically, Joyce, Yeats, Hardy, Stein and Williams. I thought that might give us some nice context as to see what other people are writing around that age. And a fun fact about the 1922, Jack Kerouac was born. He'll be discussing later on, so I thought that was a nice little notch in there. It's a f-
1: distance from now, but, but in still the, in the distant future, it was also distant for Eliot in our time travel journey. Yes, other nice context 1922,
0: the poem, as we can see, The Wasteland, as in post war country, which is literally like the wasteland, as in the, the remnants of war. And I just really liked the beginning as well, how he goes that it's for Ezra Pound. The Greater Craftsman is what the
1: Italian Il Miglio Fabro means in the beginning, which is a bit gay. That's from Dante's The Divine Comedy. It is. It is. I definitely didn't know that before researching it, but that's (laughs) fine. In my research, I found out that The Wasteland is inspired by T.S. Eliot's state of mind during his unhappy marriage. So his wife ended up in a mental asylum and... T.S. Eliot ended up writing The Wasteland. Oh, yeah. It's about his story of his
0: mental breakdown. Because I heard that Ezra Pound was also going through quite a mental breakdown at the same time. Relatable, am I right? (laughs) We love some 1920s being relevant in today's society. Because it is the 20s. (gasps) I just realized that we're back in the roaring 20s. Yeah. Relevant. (laughs) Also relevant. Wasteland nowadays. Global
1: warming. Wow. He really foreshadowed all of this. The Wasteland is also a quote from the Anglican burial, traditional Anglican burial, to which Eliot converted around when he became a British citizen in 1927. So a few years after The Wasteland was Mm -hmm. written, but I'm sure he was probably looking into it at that point because he was raised in America. Yeah, but he already
0: moved to England in
1: 1922 because he was living with his wife Vivian. He moved in 1914 at the start of the war. He was born in Missouri... Moved to England, age 25, and became a British subject in 1927, age 39, renouncing his US passport. Wow, me. He also met Ezra Pound, who this poem is dedicated to, in 1914, the year that he moved. So by this point, they've been friends for a good few years. He helped edit the poem. Absolute bros. He understood that bro code. Should we talk about the epigraph? Oh, yeah, the epigraph.
0: Yes, very cool. I didn't completely cookle it. But I saw Sibyllum, and with the very limited Latin I know, Sibyl, Future, Oracles, also seen in Harry Potter. This is our the annual, monthly mention of Harry Potter.
1: Welcome, Sibyl, Trelawney, Future, yes. It's actually might be the most relatable part of anything we've talked about so far, this epigraph. Are you it's ready about, for this? It's
0: about the sexy times, isn't it?
1: No. Is it not? Oh. I, I just was... read the word come, and
0: I was like, <laughs> Yeah. Kame's ego, Ipsa, I was like, he's
1: definitely describing Leos loving their self so much. I'm not even going to try and read the Latin here, but the translation is, with my own eyes, I saw the Sybil of Kume hanging in a bottle. And when the boys said to her, Sybil, what do you want? She replied, I want to die. Bam, bam, bam. I feel like that kind of sets the tone for the rest of it, to be honest. It does. It, yeah. I, I, I and read the I, translation. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I like that. And also it ties in with the wasteland again, because it feels like lives are being wasted. Like not
0: just the land, but like it's, it's a waste of land, you know? I think it's time to hop into the novel. This book is written in five sections, which just makes me happy. I love it when books have sections. Like when films have sections. You know, oh, which film is it? It's Dunkirk. Yes, it <laughs> actually
1: is. Is that the one you're thinking about? It actually
0: is. But also one of the Wes Anderson, like the Wes Anderson films always have sections and it just makes me so happy. It's like storytelling in a film and I love it that this book has it as well. Um, I think Percy Jackson is one of the best books that does it, the titles of the chapters. But here he does it too. The Burial of the Dead. Very,
1: very sinister And mysterious and it just makes me happy. Fits in with the title The Wasteland as well, because obviously burial, wasteland being a line from the burial, it 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 all just fits together. One of the things about this poem, some might say that it's pretentious, too full of references. It is. I did like it. Me too. Because it all fits together. It's just it makes me feel clever. Yeah. It's like that's why we study literature. You see old things and you're like, I understand
0: now. I am smart. It's all for the self-esteem. This also leads us to my very first note, the burial of the dead. And my past self just wrote, why is there the need to specify? (laughs) Who else were they going to bury? You, Laura. Yikes. (laughs) It's so intense. I like it. I like it. But it's one of those first things where you're like, yeah, well, no shit. I'm going to be there. I feel like Amelia's really going to be smart in this episode and I'm going to make comments in between. This leads us to the very first sentence. April is the cruelest month. Which, first of all, he has something against Aries. (laughs) We don't like Aries. I have one good friend who's an Aries and I love her, but they're aggressive and you can immediately see it. Like, it's cruel. And you know what? True. It's a fire sign as well, which will come in hand lazy because I have a weird theory about this book, which I only talk about if it's actually true.
1: Oh, What is um, T.S. Eliot's star sign? Do we know? I checked it and it's not this. Okay, but is he a, is he a fire sign? I feel like he might be a water sign. I'm let's thinking, Google it again. Oh no, I reckon he's an Aquarius. I'm saying he's an Aquarius. Libra. Libra. I was wrong. I don't really know that much about Libras. Once again. Seven. Oh, Libras are kind of horny. One
0: of my best friends is a Libra. A little bit desperate. A little bit horny. I I like Libras. Anyway, the second sentence, we really are going through this very slowly. But it names flowers, which first of all, it's something that's very much so alive.
1: But it's out the land of the dead. Which, contrast. Irony. Lilacs symbolize purity and innocence and spirituality. So, like the start of life.
0: Which is actually really cool because they talk about that coming after death or so like reincarnation, which ties into my theory for later.
1: I kept, I, I wrote quite a bit about how within the poem as a whole, life is juxtaposed with death. Yeah. And in this first section, it's everywhere. It's April is the cruelest month. April is obviously the month of like spring spring life life. yeah new plants yeah also the sentence like a bit later dual roots with spring rain it's under earth which is like where the death are winter and warm um earth snow life dry tubers it's all life and death in a circle it's very much there
0: The first thing that surprised me in the sentence where he said summer surprised us, which is stupid. The seasons are there every year.
1: I mean, T.S. Eliot is dim. He is a confirmed dumb, dumb bitch.
0: He said coming over to the Starnberger say, which I found quite surprising because this book is published. Well, the poem is published 1922. That name was given to the lake in 1962. It's Lake Worm which is also funny because a worm is like under the ground where the death are and the first thing i saw when a google was so if you want to stay there in a three star hotel 111 pounds per per night
1: although that might be because we're reading a later edition and his wife edited or was that in the original this was also in the original oh interesting maybe I it's know. like maybe cause they named it cuz he named it that but or because names come from different cultures, it might be that different cultures had different names for it and he might be using the local name or something. But he isn't n- naming, like
0: he's using the German name and it was given the German name then because it's in Germany. That's that's another thing.
1: He has some weird geographies going on. We're in Germany right now. He talks um, French later. He talks German in a bit and then French later and then yeah. there's Latin. It's It's a fun time. Another thing we can see is that he's definitely fancy. And I wrote down rich and racist because
0: he's in a Hofgarten, which is like basically the prime like the the fancy garden in like the courtyard, basically in a courtyard, but like a fancy one. And then he said, echt deutsch, which means he's a real German, which already rings bells of like, wow, we don't like that. That sounds a bit problematic. When I'm a
1: real it, German.
0: Yeah, it's a bit. Ooh, ooh. And when we were children staying at the Archdukes, like, oh, come on. And also, he's American slash English.
1: He's not German in any way. So, what is the translation of the German? Do you know? Yes, I am. I'm totally not Russian.
0: I come like there's a roots of me in Lithuania and real German. So So he's saying he's not Mr. Worldwide.
1: He's saying he's definitely not Russian. He might be from Lithuania, but he's definitely german yeah and he's neither of them yeah he is american moving to england anyway oh what we should say is that this first section has four different speakers the first speaker this is what we've managed to talk about so far but the first speaker um I didn't know this. Go off. Oh, so yeah, it's um, four different speakers. It's like a drama- each one is a dramatic monologue. Oh my God. So the first one is one speaker who might be, it's probably, it might not actually be Elliot speaking. It might be the first speaker who is uh, actually Lithuanian and German. See, this kind of debunks my theory. Because I was like, what's up with this
0: geographics? Yeah. We'll
1: still hear your theory later. Yeah. Yeah. Because my it, theory sure is still stand-
0: My theory is still standing. I was just confused because then in the next section he says there's shadow under this red rock and I was like well that's not very German, the Germans don't really have that much red rock it's more like grey rocks and just like
1: fields and old stuff so stony rubbish in the sentence before is pretty correct But (laughs) I think this, the next speaker is a little bit more poetic, traditionally poetic, he repeats shadow come under the shadow of this red rock the shadow at morning striding behind you or your shadow at Evening Rising to Meet You. He also quotes from Wagner's Tristan Anderzold. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what it means, but that's where it's from. We'll get to that. Because in the thing before, he also says go south in winter. So I'm thinking if
0: you go south from Germany, he's probably somewhat like the closest thing I could think is Italy now. Interesting. Unless it is genuinely different people. But yeah, I think he says, it is. There is a cold, cold goes the wind to home. My Irish child... Who worries you? But once again, Mr. Worldwide, the wind goes home. I don't know. It's just weird. Is he back in Germany now? Because that's German.
1: They're different speakers, Laura.
0: I know. I think I should just let this go, but I thought it was really funny. We'll get back to
1: this in half an hour. I'll mention it again, because I know it comes back up later in the text. (laughs) Okay. So um, the second part also has the theme of the living or the dead, because it literally says, living nor dead, and I knew nothing. Looking into the heart of light, the silence. Which... Very dramatic and poetic. Ooh, yeah, I wrote that down. I felt
0: like it was very Schrodinger's because of the living nor dead. I was like, ooh, he has some serious like identity crisis going up there. And also the hyacinths are very cool because that's talking about innocence and virginity. But also the hyacinth is known as a plant that was born from blood. Ooh. And it symbolizes playing and sports. So it's all very childlike. And then to immediately move on to death, I thought that was just very interesting. And then we go to looking into the heart of light and I, my mind just went, oh my God, it's either Cornelia Funken or Joseph Conrad. <laughs> Two amazing authors, very different. Do you know Cornelia Funken? I read um In In Cart, Cart. as yes. a kid. It was yes. one of my favorites.
1: Me too. So good. Oh, Then we move on to the third speaker um, who is talking about Madame So-So-Stress. Oh, this is your bit. I had no clue clue i love this bit because it talks about her um that the speaker goes to visit this woman who's a famous clairvoyant um (laughs) known to be the wisest woman in europe the poem says talk and talks about her tarot cards interestingly the tarot cards that are mentioned not all of them are in the traditional tarot deck a lot of them elliot uses to insert his own ideas Ooh. within the book and the tarot cards foreshadow what happens later on in the in the poem
0: oh my god so i didn't look this up at all because i heard that Amelia was gonna go wild into the tarot card so i'm really excited to hear about this the only notes i made here were um she was a f- famous clairvoyant which i looked up and it's about claire but then after that it said she hasn't had a bad cold so i just went well her noseway isn't clear. <laughs> She's, she has the freshest flow I, I, that's what I wrote and then later on I was talking about the contrast between liquid and dry as versions of death and that is something we will see throughout the entire thing and that ties in with reincarnation and everything which is what my theory is about about how the dry is like death but then the sea is the death and this is where I already made a note of dead by water and I felt like such a genius later on because she kn- that I didn't like look it up first but one of the chapters was called Dead by Water. And I was like, we
1: truly did that fortune telling. This is where the foreshadowing comes in. Because they're talking about the and sailor. And that does come back in the fourth section. Ah. Um, in the next line, Elliot writes, those are the pearls that were his eyes. Look, which is a reference to the Tempest, Act 1, Scene 2. And oh, that, it is. that it reference is. also comes back in the second section where he writes, I remember those pearls that were his eyes. Are you alive or not? There is nothing in your head. Oh, this is really cool. See, the only thing I wrote down is that
0: the look exclamation mark. I just wrote down cute exclamation mark because I thought it was very cute. It was like a child saying, look, there's pearls in the eyes, but then you think about it, it's actually quite
1: horror-esque. Like pearls in eyes is like a pop-up. Yeah. Here is the man with three staves is a reference to the Fisher King of Arthurian legend. Yes, I have heard about this. So yeah. he combines classic and Renaissance imagery, cl- classic and Renaissance references. Um, a range. Yeah, the range of this man. Yes, some of the ones that are traditionally in the deck are the wheel, which is the wheel of fortune, the hanged man. But yeah, so Elliot, this is something I, I saw, Elliot himself... Maybe we shouldn't get too excited about the references, because what he said of his notes, oh no, for the wasteland, he said they were a remarkable exposition of bogus scholarship. to be honest, to, Wait, to an what? extent, I agree. He said they're a remarkable exposition of bogus scholarship oh. he d- he He basically said, "I thought I was so clever, Yeah, and I wasn't." and yeah like, i see it um but this- that's what like ezra pound
0: read over the text and was literally like "Oh, you pretentious ass same like, yeah and then he changed a lot of it because uh, uh later on the part a lot of it was going to be written in i am big Petimeter, and ezra some of ezra it- pound was just like why would you do that you absolute trend following shit some of it still is yeah but ezra pound was very much against it he was like joyce would never See, with the next one, a crowd flowed over London Bridge. I just went, water, it flowed. (laughs) Which is my theory. She flew. It's it's alive. A crowd flowed. It's very much alive. I had not thought dead and undone many.
1: Not death. I don't know. My brain just went, yeah. I think this is supposed to just be an image of London filled with ghosts. Which, honestly, I would read a novel about that. Yeah. And also, we are in England now. (laughs) Hell yeah
0: surely travelling. He went south from Germany. I don't know. I have too many notes about travelling. I'll shut
1: up about it. Slightly. Um, There is a hint to Laura's resurrection theory here. Yes, yes, yes. I have more written about this. Um, The circle of life and death. The corpse you, you planted, planted last, last year, year in your garden. Has it begun to sprout? Will it bloom this year? Or has the sudden frost disturbed its bed? Interesting. Do you have anything yeah. to say about it? Well, I said here, I said sea is alive and represents death. Because it's both
0: alive. Because it's like waving. And he really describes the sea as if it is another person. But then everything around the sea. Every time we move on from the sea. We start talking about death and dust. Which we'll see a lot more later. But I just I just like. Not a lot of what I had down was very smart. I was just very excited. I was like there's water. There we go. Very cool. Very cool. Section Thank you. two. A game of chess. My one note here. Guess.
1: Thomas Middleton. No. Oh. I just wrote. That's wizard chess. <laughs> well, I actually wrote about Thomas Middleton. I had no reference... clue who Thomas Middleton is. It's a reference to two of his plays. He has two plays called A Game of Chess. Oh. There was something interesting about the plays, but I didn't write it down. I feel like this says a lot about us. <laughs> the I... first line is a reference to Cleopatra. So in this section, we have two different speakers. The first speaker is a very rich lady waiting for her lover. Oh, me. The second section is a woman in a bar who is deciding to have an abortion. The first section is in unrhymed iambic pentameter. And I just wrote, wealth, power, education. And then latest found out that it was just this rich woman who's waiting for her lover. Yeah. She's like, he's waiting for him to turn up. What's the, the wind under the door? What's the noise? Nothing. Again, oh. nothing. I just wrote here, the first, it starts
0: off with fruit finds, Cupidon, And then it starts describing this very fancy lady. And I just wrote, mythology, baby, Percy Jackson is in the house. <laughs> I was so excited. And also, then the satin cases poured
1: in rich profusion. Once again, we see water and liquids. There's also a lot of sibilance here. So she says, strange synthetic perfumes. Yes. Drowned in the sense of odours stirred by the air. Yes. Yes. I love this. Sylvan scene. But yeah, I saw that because I was like powdered or liquid. Yeah. Lots. Dust. Water. Or water. (laughs) Water obviously has life. Dust is death. And also drowns in the sense of odour. It's like,
0: that was very ironic to me because normally if we think of perfume, we think it's like a very nice smell and this just makes us think that it stinks.
1: Or rotting, yeah. Rotting
0: death, yeah.
1: Which is, once again, linked to waters. What a lovely image. Yeah. This is where the reference to The Tempest comes back. Those are the pearls that were his eyes. As I said before, Shakespeare. Obviously, Elliot loved Shakespeare. He comes back quite a bit in the poem. Mm-hmm. I have one thing about Shakespeare, but it's near the end. That's so fine. we'll see.
0: Also, huge seaweed fed with copper. Sounds like the sea fed it does once again linking into the seas eating death people and then burn green and orange which yelled scooby-doo to me i have nothing smart to say about that
1: but i just wrote scooby-dooby-doo scooby-dooby-doo so in the second part of the second section yes um okay
0: wait i have one more thing to say then (laughs) under the firelight under the brush her hair spread out in fiery points is that medusa because then glowed into Ooh. words, then would be savagely still, as if she was petrified. I don't have anything on that, but that's a really yeah, good point. I read I like that, that and I was like, that's really cool. I don't have anything like else to say about that. But it's like the mythology is really popping off in between. And then once again, after that, a bit later, she says, you know nothing. Do you see nothing? Do you remember nothing? And that's repeated from before when in the first bit, he said, living nor dead, I knew nothing. And I was like, Aristotle? aristotle 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 and then it goes on with are you alive or not which is the same thing as before where we talked about schrodinger is there nothing in your head and then oh 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 that shakespearean rag which is quite contrasting because either you know a lot about shakespeare or you have nothing in your head especially seeing as she just referenced the tempest yeah i thought that was quite cool and also the bot is very much on the end which make me laugh because <laughs> i'm twelve. <laughs>
1: In the second section, there is a repeated refrain, hurry up, please, it's time, which is so clever because it provides the context of them being in a bar and it provides the context of it being late at night without actually saying, oh, they were in a bar. It was Mm -hmm. really late. It was nearly midnight sort of thing. Oh, yeah. There's also another part where I was like, they talk a lot about faces in this
0: some teeth bare to look at. And then I was thinking, ooh, are they going to talk about all the censors?" And then they
1: didn't. I but have some things to say about the faces. Yeah, go on. Um, so she says, well, what her friend tells her that she looks so antique and her only 31. And she says, oh, it's because I took the pills to bring it off. It's them pills I took to bring it oh, off, yeah. she said. So she's basically saying that because she has an abortion, now she looks old and no one will want her. Yeah. I'm like, that's not very feminist of you, T.S. Eliot. Yeah, very 1920s. Go back. <laughs> I know, but like acknowledging abortion, step yeah, forward. We true. do like that. We do, stand.
0: Yeah, I said I- that. There's a lot of fearing of the future and its consequences.
1: Mm, with yeah. like the abortion having taken and then like the consequences of that. Then the rush of the hurry up, please, it's time. Hurry yeah. up, please, it's time. And right at the end, it's repeated twice, just before they all say good night, and they repeat good night so many times, it feels frantic. I kind of love that. And also the part
0: before that, it's just like he's been in the army for four years. He wants a good time, and if you don't give it him, there's others who will. Which is rude. They're talking about sex as if like the sex is going to
1: fix him, well clearly she is not the problem, but he is. One thing to say is it's not an iambic pentameter anymore. So you've got the contrast of the high class woman yeah. compared with the low class woman who's oh. in a bar talking to her friend about not wanting to have another kid. Yeah. Um, it's more like dialogue, but it still reads like poetry. Yeah. It's definitely interesting choice of Elliot to contrast the high class yeah. woman with the, the I, lower class woman. And given the lower class woman as equal of a voice, yeah. which I, I do appreciate.
0: This is the part where Pound got in and said, like, don't do iambic pentameter on both. So that's really cool. I like we, that. we do Good stand. job. Yeah. Well done, Ezra Pound. Thanks, Pound. Um, later on, I thought this, this might be because it's quite old and I haven't done research on the history of the word hot. But they said, and they asked me into dinner to get the beauty of it hot. Does, do you think that that's where the word hot f- comes from? Because it's like, while well, it's still hot. Is Thanks. that why young girls are being called
1: hot? Maybe. Um, but I do think it might just be talking about the dinner. I'm not sure though. You yeah. could, I see where you're coming from. I really it's like it. The beauty of hot of it hot. So
0: like the beauty part the beauty of that. The beauty
1: of the gammon. Yeah. Part. Yeah. I see that. I like it. But like Maybe. women are compared to animals all the time anyway. Any etymologists out there want to yeah. give us a rundown of the meaning of the word hot? would be really cool. Here. We are always here.
0: We love some word. History. If anyone is really interested in history of words, hit us up. Our DMs are open. You might get a nice little section on the thing. But our word history, with insert your name here. Um, we're at Time Turner Collective on Instagram, and uh, yeah, DM us. Slide in there. Oh my God! I've also just realised the part where she had "Goodnight Bill," "Goodnight Lou," "Goodnight May." Those are the names that Hoshi sings in Nina Cried Power. Hi, editing Laura here. Turns out I was wrong. It isn't. We just go on a tangent here. But conclusion is basically it wasn't. Wasn't that? Thanks. <laughs> my dumb ass just wrote down who are these random people but then it's referencing Hamlet's Ophelia when she says goodbye and like <gasps> I think this is the part where she dies but it's definitely about losing virginity and deflowering because she doesn't just say goodnight it's very childlike how she says tata goodnight 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 ladies goodnight and then another note I made tata what does that make us think of tata turn which is our favourite bake-off joke and it's, also, it's only our joke. Though. It's just our joke because it's just funny how they say "tata tan" all the time.
1: Tata tan.
0: Um. The Good Night, Very Truman Show, the film, and there's a big lack of real love and affection, which for me really tied in with the Greek gods and the mythology we get at the beginning because everything is just based on family relationships and what's best to get in life. Mm. And I thought that was really cool. She was just like. Bye, y'all. Um, Section three? Section three. Starting the fire the, sermon. Yes, where I wrote down Lord of the Rings and then I googled what a sermon was and then I wrote down never mind. Because <laughs> I thought a sermon was just something from Lords of the
1: Rings. My bilinguality really jumped in here. Apparently, the fire sermon was a sermon by Buddha. So we really have some what, varied what, what exactly religious is? A sermon? So a sermon is the point in a church service where the preacher preaches. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. S- that makes sense. That makes also sense why it's in Lord of the Rings then. Yeah. I, I guess. guess. I guess. Is it? I, have no, I haven't read Lord of the Rings. I've watched most of it. I've
0: listened to it and I heard the word sermon. Maybe I'm just hearing it wrong. Maybe I've never seen it written down and maybe
1: he just pronounces things weirdly. No, it but probably is. Because I'm sure they probably, because you can use sermon as like when someone is just like going off on a dramatic monologue. Yeah. Another thing,
0: this very first sentence made me very excited because the river tent is broken. No living if there's water around. It's not living if it's not with you. Yes. And also, I believe this tied in with Jose's lyrics. Editing Laura here. Once again,
1: does not. I was very much so wrong. I'm sure Hoxier does like T.S. Eliot, but yeah. I'm not entirely sure that Nina Cried Power is about the wasteland. Line 180 and their friends, the loitering heirs of city directors. I just put, I love this. Yeah, I just really liked it. Um, yeah. It's obviously a little bit of a dig at capitalism, maybe? Yeah. That's, That's really, really cool. Love- I had a
0: thing about the thing before when it said summer nights, Greece. Da-da, da-da, da-da. When she, they, he crosses the brown land, unheard, the nymphs are departed. Which, first of all, nymphs are very cool, but also they are the symbol of nature. And the nature is gone and the land is brown, which was a really good depiction of actual wasteland.
1: Um, so the point where he says, sweet Thames run softly till I end my song is echoed later on. Um, that whole line is put in twice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from Spencer's Prothalamian. Who
0: is Spencer? Do you know where he's from?
1: No idea. Let's because give it to Google. The sentence
0: before says, by the waters of layman, which... He is now in Swiss slash France, where actually a three-star hotel is £101 per night, which Google gave to me. But I thought maybe if that was related, because I didn't look that up. He's a Tudor poet. Oh, uh, okay. England. There goes the theory. Still, so, Swiss and France. So he's gone back again to yeah. the land
1: Europe's. This line the sweet thames run softly till i end my song is contrasted in the next line with the river bears no empty bottles sandwich papers which definitely it has the golden era of the past Mm -hmm. where the thames was sweet and ran softly compared to the present where we're living in the wasteland and that's really cool empty bottles sandwich papers silk handkerchiefs cardboard boxes etc cetera, etc cetera.
0: also a sentence I just love the sentence the rattle of the bones a chuckle spread from ear to ear it's so creepy but it's such good imagery I love
1: it that's yeah. so good I hadn't noticed that a rat crept softly through the vegetation it's so good it's so good dragging its slimy belly on the bank it's yeah. the use of belly in there
0: that just yeah. makes
1: it so skin crawling. And also,
0: this means that they're no longer in lemon, because that's a very clean It's a very water. London image. Yeah, that's because the next thing is fishing in the dull Canal, which means they're either back in the UK or in the Netherlands.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I think it's definitely this section has the contrast between the past where it was all beautiful compared to the present where it's the a wasteland. bit grim. Yeah, it's actually become the wasteland and then the next
0: thing musing upon the king my brother's wreck and on the king my father's death before him is that Hamlet? it has to be Hamlet it must be because they're talking about killing
1: kings and if we know one good old lad who loved to kill some kings Hamlet I agree also if we know one lad who loves his Shakespeare clearly T. S. Elliot, so yes, Elliot. Yeah. yeah and then the next thing white bodies naked on the low damp ground is that inferny? from harry potter yes <laughs> i'm I, sure that must come from some sort of historical image mythological, of mythological yeah i which, just love to slip my little references in they might have the same origin as this but yeah yeah we
0: love it and then next thing the sound of horns and motors while well, they're still talking about like wet stuff which make me think the horns devil horns related to the water once again i think i'm very much deep like digging myself into a hole here with the waters but I think
1: I think that might actually be a reference to horns being an ancient image, motors being modern technology. Oh, as in the New Land once again, like wasted. So that obviously now we know that motors cause pollution. I'm not sure they yeah. probably did know it back then. It's fairly well. Like, it's called the wasteland. <laughs> yeah, where um, but horns are like the pure image of like history marching into battle with the horns, yeah. and I now there's like just motor the like vehicles. Hi, this is editing Laura. We were very stupid. It's car horns,
0: obviously. Motors and horns, Yep. Yeah. And then something I found quite odd, they washed their feed in soda water, which is actually tip from my mum and grandmother. Um, soda water helps against mould, but would they have
1: mouldy feed in the 20s? Or it might be, let me get out my little bit of Christian knowledge that I have. Ooh. Obviously, Jesus washed the feet of his followers of his um apostles so i think it's that image but obviously the soda water is again modern. is
0: modern but they still have the grimy stuff of the the river bank and all the dirty stuff around like whatever country they're in right now and it's the
1: image of jesus washing feet but it's in Ugh. the 20th century amazing go off earlier i also translated the french With the help of Google Translate. Amazing. Shout out to Google, but not too much capitalistic corporations. Although I'm actually proud of myself because I managed to get all of it other than the last word, which I couldn't translate in English anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't know that one. And oh, those children's voices singing in the cupola. It's a rounded dome forming or adorning a roof or ceiling. Yeah. So in in Dutch, that would be koepel, which is the part of the church like you can
0: see in um, St. Paul's, for instance, has like the, the round top part. I like that. So the sound would really echo around everyone. Anyway, we move on to my favourite sentence in the entire poem. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> unshaven. With a pocket full of currents. Me. But also currents of the sea.
1: Sea currents. But um, also raisins. So this bit has a very strong link to fertility. Oh, because of the unshaven one and currants being like the dried out. Currants are dried out grapes. Also, the Cannon Street Hotel to luncheon at the Cannon Street Hotel. Back in London. Let me just insert some gay history in here. The Cannon Street Hotel was a hotel in London known for homosexual trysts. We're not implying that T.S. Eliot was gay. Who knows? Maybe. Um, We'll let him decide that. Also, later on... Theresius is a figure from classical mythology who can see the future. They have androgynous features, therefore maybe doubly fertile or Ooh. not fertile at all. Twins. But yeah, but yeah, I also saw that they're back at the Cannon Street Hotel and everything.
0: He's back at the fancy places. So we're not really in shitty, shitty wasteland anymore. And then at the Filet Hour, this, this is not the only time Filet has been mentioned as a colour. That's not like a colour. This reminded me of one, the blue moon. And also, too, in how they talk about violently purple, because <laughs> it's violet. And then I looked up violet, and there's nothing really about it. Apart from that, it represents innocence
1: um as a flower, but the colour itself doesn't really represent anything. Um, the violet hour definitely has that image of like when it's dusk, when the sun has just set, and the, it becomes purple in the sky. True. Um, but I was talking
0: about... Maybe ultraviolet, which is the only way that the colour can truly shine through as Mm. light, as in literally shining through. That's definitely a very modern image as well. Yeah. But like the 1920s, they started to like love science and everything.
1: So Tiresias sees um, what's happening here. He sees the um, man who's going to lunch in the Cannon Street Hotel and then later sees the woman who is waiting for her lover. This bit... I loved it. I'm talking about the woman who is waiting for her lover. It definitely feels like a Tinder date. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a modern (laughs) image of someone whose Tinder date is a bit sleazy, sleeps with them anyway, but he has a patronizing kiss. He gropes his way. But also, he
0: assaults at once, exploring hands encounter, no defense. And I just wrote, uh,
1: uh, uh. Oh, <laughs> she wants to get some, and she but, doesn't really care. But she isn't that into it. She isn't into him. Yeah, but then it says and makes a welcome
0: indifference. How is it welcome? I think they're talking about rape here.
1: I because my think... notes just say there goes the flower. <laughs> I don't think it's rape. I think it is consensual, but I think she's just not that into it. I think she wants. It, it, it's definitely the idea of fertility as well it's not sex for love it's sex for sex sake for for life the, so each image here has infertile sex in mm-hmm. a way we have the gay yeah. sex which is implied earlier we have this sex scene here later on we have queen elizabeth the first and lester um yeah my notes there because there's a lot of words suddenly just
0: in if anyone has a copy, by the way, if you want to follow along, we're now on the Faber copy, page 33, where there's suddenly a lot of, like, just short sentences. I had a couple of ones that I really liked. The River Sweats, because once again, the river is alive. Then Wila Isla Lila, because Leia, because Princess Leia. Then also The Past the Isle of Dogs, because good old Wes Anderson. But then Down Greenwich Reach, which is linked to time and life, and then red and gold remind me of Gryffindor. But then besides that, I just said, this is all way too British, British.
1: take it away, Amelia. (laughs) So let me go all A-level Tudor on you here. Queen Elizabeth and the Earl of Leicester had a relationship, possibly sexual, although she is known as the Virgin Queen, therefore there is that juxtaposition (gasps) between her as a sexual being with Leicester compared to her being infertile, she doesn't have kids, she dies without being married. It reinforces the nihilism of Mm -hmm. this poem. Um, Romance within death of romance is what I wrote. Oof. (laughs) Oof. Yeah. Um, So um, Elliot writes in his notes about the lack of fertility and then the myth of the Virgin Queen. Yes. Oh my God. Wait, I have another thing that makes so much sense about this. But first I want to talk
0: about the sentence that you were talking about before and gropes his way finding the stairs unlit. See, I read Stars the first time and I think that would be so much better.
1: I love that. That yeah, would be so finding beautiful. the stars
0: on lit. I was like, "Truly am an English student." That was my moment of pride. But then another thing that you talked about how like the infertility and how love is not really relevant. If you look at the same page again, but like before all the short words start there, he talks about of Magnus Martyr hold, inexplicable splendor of iron and White and gold, which I'm just gonna jump in here with my art history in high school. Go for it. The classics. They're talking about mythology again.
1: I didn't do art history, so you can just talk yeah. at me.
0: It's about the pillars. Is what like the Ion Ionian Ionian like style comes from, and like the very harsh white and gold like imagery there of like no like t- nothing too much fancy. It's just very classic in the way it's meant to be like they were just focused on like getting more people alive and building a city and like the old gods and everyone there just once again no love included people were just born out of hips or foreheads well you could argue that aphrodite has quite some like love in her but i'd say that's more focused on beauty again which also ties in with the aeonian architecture because it's all very nice to look at but if you really realize it, it's quite harsh and cold so make make me happy make me very happy
1: I put that the lack of fertility in the section may-, may link to Tiresias, who has male and female body, which has the possibility for conception. However, he is old. He has wrinkled breasts, so he can only watch. Then the end of the page this is the one British thing that I did understand. Q was
0: there, as in Q Gardens, as Richmond. in a lot of plants.
1: Plants, yes. Which is,
0: once again, life and people being born and fertility. Not sure, Youngness. if Kew,
1: Gar- Kew Gardens was around at this point, but probably.
0: I feel like it's very old. I think so, but
1: yeah, yeah, who knows? I just, I, if not, don't tell us then. It gets very abstract here.
0: Yeah, but I really like this because my feet are at Moorgate and by my heart under my feet, as in it's buried, as in under the ground. Um, but yeah, here you can really see that the poem goes in a circle because we're back to resurrection and burying. Well, in the meantime, we weren't. So we start like the ending of this bit here is back at the beginning and then as we can see the next section is about death again death by water
1: hey <laughs> so we had um, the break where we went to life the sex which is the possibility for conception however there was no possibility of yeah, conception there were
0: a lot of plants and sex happening and life happening but we can all see it was just in vain because
1: it's the wasteland and nothing good happens yes oh uh, my favorite section the shortest section yes my first note, dead by water, <laughs> I just went, just call it drowning. Well, this is a reference to the drowned sailor in part one. I saw that later, but I was like, imagine if it was just got like drowning or like sunk. <laughs> so this is the story that the um, the wise lady hinted at mm-hmm. when she was talking about the tarot cards. Um, we have Phlebus the Phon- Phonici- Phonician. Phonician. Yeah. Phonician, which is a very JK Rowling name. Phlebus the Phonician. Because it's also a phoenix. Like a hinted at the resurrection once again, jumping back in. There's definitely a contrast between old and new here. So we have a fortnight dead, which is fairly present. However, it's a archaic phrase. Yeah. Um, so we have an ancient person who's only been dead for a fortnight. How does that work? I've just put at the end of this, death will always win. Yeah, this is the but- point where I started to become really, really down <laughs> with this poem i was See, like no yeah this bit really picks me
0: up because i really like this because actually we're talking about the time about the house some stuff is like recent and other stuff is in the past a current under the sea as in once again the pocket with currents but also currently and the current of the sea
1: double meaning we love a double triple meaning. meaning even
0: but then the ending sentence
1: oh i have a little bit to say before that about the wheel oh sorry So yeah. the wheel was referenced earlier, the wheel of fortune from the tarot cards. (gasps) Oh you who turn the wheel. Oh you who turned the wheel also has a double meaning. Turning the wheel of the ship, he's a drowned sailor. Drowned sailor. And then turning the wheel of fortune. So he is unfortunate because he drowned, but fortunate maybe because he's gonna rise again. Who knows? Like a wheel coming back in the circle of life. The circle. It's the circle.
0: Okay. Then my this ending very cute, very cute. Consider Flebus, Flebus, Phlebus? Consider Flebus, who was once handsome and tall as you. I was like, Aww. oh, thanks, babe. Thanks, Elliot. That's really cute. And yeah, and then I just wrote, I love this piece.
1: It's just packed. It's like literally like how many? Eight sentences, and it just has it all. Then the final section, which is good because we are past an hour. Although editing, editing
0: yeah. Um then what the thunder said once again once again once again percy jackson Zeus, thunder god there's definitely classical
1: references going on
0: i love how you know more about like actual religion and everything
1: and then i've just read percy jackson I'm sure like this will flip in episodes in the future. I'll be able to like reference other things. I just don't. I never read Percy Jackson. I'm really sad about it. We'll, we'll make a we'll make a series of it. <laughs> but I did used to sing in a church choir, so I know. Yeah, you know, like some Christian stuff, religion, and I yeah. just know some of the classics. It's really cool. We have different perspectives. Oh, so I have a bit to say about the first bit, talking about religion. It's a description of the crucifixion of Christ. (gasps) See, I wrote down, I have nothing. I straight up just really like this bit. (laughs) Yeah, so he's talking about carrying the cross, the shouting and the crying, prison and palace and reverberation. We who were living are now dying. Again, I've put (sighs) life and death, life and death. It's a circle christ died for our sins so that we could live and go to heaven yeah supposedly really unconfirmed debatable
0: then i found myself really funny in the next bit when there was here is no water but only rock so i wrote down so like a mountain and then went rock and no mountain and the sandy road the road winding above among the mountains and i just went ah yes and then as i said which are mountains of rock without water (laughs) laura loves being right It's so good. It's the only thing I do as an English student. But yeah, then I wrote loft the nature bit tying in with death because the dead mountain, because it has no water.
1: Um, The sweat is dry and the feet are in the sand, which is death. I see that. And then it talks about the sound of water over a rock. Yes. Drip, drop, drip, drop, 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 drop. But there is no water. Soundcloud rapper
0: who? (laughs) And also a very interesting part I found, the dry grass singing. Dry grass would be dead, but here, because of the lack of water, it's alive. I was like, that's quite ironic, but also, ooh You just blew my mind. I know. I saw that bit and I was like, I could first of all see it. And I was like, that looks
1: lit. And then I was like, wait, as in actually dry grass. And the idea of dry grass singing, you can hear it. Yeah. The wind in the grass and how it goes like shh (laughs) that's that this is the part where we do some asmr
0: trip 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 drag us singing yeah but then it says there is no water and reading it this was the part where i actually had like a physical reaction to it i just felt empty like it's so but there is no water
1: i just felt it really cool really really cool I feel like that would be a really good ending. If I was Elliot, that's where I'd end yeah. it. i just nope. be like, there, but there is no water. But there is such a good ending, which I'll talk about. Okay. Should we talk about the Jerusalem, Athens, Alexandria, Vienna, London? Yes. So there are major empires in order. The apocalypse. It's the end of the yes. poem. It's the end of the Bible. Apocalypse, the major empires are falling throughout history so that the wasteland can rise. And you can also see that in a couple of sentences before that, who are describing the other empires. Because
0: you can see the city over the mountains, which is Olympus, and rings by the flat horizon only, which is probably the empire that we have now. Because we believe, no, that's the earlier empire when they didn't know anything about science yet. And then the Caraxan reforms and bursts in the violet air, which is what we have now, because we're killing the earth and the falling towers of everything collapsing in the wall. You said that and I just thought 9-11. Elliot did (laughs) 9-11. And then, because it says unreal, after describing all those empires, it made me think, was he anti-religious? Because he said that all the empires were like made up. And also the uh, Babylon, the falling tower of Babylon, when all the human people and all the empires came together to make the tower... And then here it didn't happen. And then the whistles and the beat their wings, which is quite silent. And as we saw before, like the waves have a lot of sound in them.
1: And then here there's like the silent death almost of the wings of angels. Talking of death, a little bit later on there is Mm -hmm. the when we're in the chapel, the decayed hole among the mountains. Over the tumbled graves about the chapel, there is the empty chapel, only the wind's home. It has no windows and the door swings. Dry bones can harm no one. Yeah, oof. Oof, because we're once again among the mountains, which is part of Olympus, But we're in the in church. In the chapel. It's... But it's empty. No gods. No gods and only death. We're surrounded by death in like the house and, of prayer. And somehow he feels at ease
0: because he says dry bones can harm no one, which once again confirms the theory of the sea is alive and dryness isn't. But also there's a damp gust which brings wet wind inside.
1: interesting
0: is that the gods going back is that the lack of gods um it i know we don't links with the apocalyptic imagery from it before. does and we don't really have complete answers to this but i just think it's really interesting and also yeah leave your thoughts at Time to the collective this is meant to be like a discussion with all of us exactly so we're interested to hear your thoughts on this part cuz i don't really know what's going on but i think it's a really
1: cool part to look at Yeah, definitely DM us or leave a comment. We'll, once this has gone up, we'll leave a, we'll put a post up and leave it in the comments for that. Or just talk to us. We're happy to talk to you about anything. Anything, yeah. I was so angry at this part because we go back to a different
0: place and now we're in the jungle. Yeah, we are. We're not in Germany. We're not in France. We're not in Switzerland. We're not in Kansas anymore. We're not in England. We're not in America. We're back in the jungle. No sense. No sense no sense but also dry no a very wet land besides i didn't really have that much about this part apart from
1: looking back on unfulfilled lives i was talking about legacy legacy is the triumph um what are we with that one that's what i think he might be getting out here oh very capricorn of him yeah i don't really agree with that we're all here for the yolo and living in the moment aren't we at this point i was very very sad and i was like yeah life's pointless (laughs) So um, that's where my notes are coming yeah. from. Then uh, this, next my, on, my notes just get so much fewer as we get to the end because I'm just like... It's sad. Yeah. Death.
0: Now, I was going for this because then we think of the key, each in his prison. Thinking of the key, each confirms a prison. Is this us living life in prison,
1: being stuck in the wasteland? Probably. No escape apart from death? Probably. Wow. Another Shakespeare reference. Uh, broken Coriolanus not sure what i'll say about that shakespeare um renaissance yes yeah. and also Eliot has another
0: entire series about Corollanius, other poems written by elliot literally called Corollanius. i didn't read them
1: but i saw that online is he just referencing himself or is he referencing his future self in which case he was a time traveler he is um and also oh i know
0: i do know who Corollanius is because he was a roman general he was who was destined to fail who he had was. no like there was no point of him living which I think really ties in with the wasteland and the prisons and just being stuck here. And life really being pointless.
1: Welcome to this happy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I promise other episodes in the future will be happier.
0: Yeah, because also the the sea is calm then. The sea is calm. There's truly no living anymore, but also no death. It's just a timeless, timeless time turner. Like being. And then we come to the very, very last paragraph Stanza, shall I at least set my land in order? This is all about Seuss once again. I felt like you will probably think no, because we're talking about the fishing man and its religion and Arthur. Maybe, hi, editing Laura here. I have absolutely no clue what I'm on about here. Neither does Amelia. We just accept it. I mean, listen to the maybe. Wait, wait. Maybe, like I said, absolutely no clue. <laughs> have fun.
1: I sat upon the shore. That might be to do with your so he's he's gone to the shore maybe that's where the life is in the sea oh my god because the life fish
0: the and life then, fish the life fish the life fish and then london bridge is falling down falling down falling down
1: london bridge which is, is falling the end down, falling down is that a song down. it's a nursery rhyme i is guess? that really old probably i guess oh so. my god
0: that's so soonest i can just see children singing this and like why would they let children sing that? That's scary. But
1: have you ever but heard A Ring, A Ring of Roses? No. It's about the Black Death. He goes, A Ring, A Ring of Roses, a pocket full of poses, a tissue, a tissue, we all fall down. Oh my god. Welcome to Laura discovering English. English. I'm sure most British kids nowadays will know A Ring, A Ring of Roses. But I had no idea what it meant. I didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah, we have one like that
0: in the Netherlands about a guy who is always ill, so he never goes to the church, apart from in the weekends. Yeah, no, apart from on Sunday, and then he goes to the church. Turns out, he is not actually ill every day. He's just a prostitute. I love but that. But we've just been like, always is Gordiakia ill, every day in the week, apart from Sunday. <laughs> Sunday, he goes to the church. And we're like, oh my god, I found that out way too late. I get why Elliot was just having a full-on mental breakdown while
1: writing this. She wasn't even English. Yeah, he was but he's so he enough. You're all, you're all one. <laughs> but I think maybe he must have, like, heard it after moving here because he has been here for, oh eight my god, years at this point. But yeah, what I wrote down is that's the end of the empire
0: and everyone's falling into the water because there's no bridge anymore. Oh, so everyone succumbs oh, into living and death at one. It's the end of torture. But <laughs> and then oh, swallow, swallow. And I just wrote, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> "Laurie, you dirty girl." <laughs> and then there's some. Latin stuff, which is from Dante's Purgatory, Links to the Star and suffering, and, yeah, everything. And then another thing I wrote, the moral is dot 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 YOLO. <laughs> Elliot time-traveled 2013 and said YOLO. <laughs> yeah, these fragments I have short against my ruins, where I wrote sea and old stuff, because ruins. It's, it's the sea banging against what used to be alive. And then it's the shanti, shanti, shantihi, which is, if anyone does yoga on a regular basis, they'll make you sing. Well, at least my yoga at home does. They'll do the three ohms, ending on the shanti, shanti, shantihi, which is the peace. Um, what is it exactly? The peace which passeth understanding. Yeah. So it literally means to bring peace to other people and understand like each other. It's kind of like a thing that you say. To make everyone feel like one there and have a connection with everyone, alive and death. And also it brings us, like, if you die and there's finally peace. So
1: it's like death really isn't that bad. It's also the ultimate resignation. So the peace passes understanding. You can't understand it. There's nothing you can do to understand it. It's the ultimate, just complete resignation. But also Buddhism, which is tied into that with like being alive again and resurrection possibly but i feel like he means it in the slightly more sinister sinister depressing yeah sense so what we've learned is elliot such a fun guy love wow. to meet him at a party mm, i'm sure he's a right laugh a,
0: a good old laugh that guy elliot more like ellie lol
1: and ellie ellie lot of fun <laughs> ellie lot of fun
0: <laughs> Ellie, lot <yotta>, of fun <laughs> If you're interested in the next episode, the next one we'll be
1: launching in a month's time because this is a monthly podcast. That will be on... Next month's episode will be on Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, which was filmed as Blade Runner. We'll be talking about the book and the movie. Yes. And we might have one of our friends here. We will. Who will hopefully know more about the film so we'll have an actual expert. Film expert. Thanks so much for listening. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play. Follow um, us on Instagram at time Turner Collective.
0: On yeah. Instagram, give us all those stars. Um, and tell your likes. friends and your mum and the farmer and the butcher. Maybe not the butcher. We don't support any kind of in animal cruelty. Animal cruelty. <laughs> yeah. We
1: are a hopefully cruelty-free podcast. Who knows? <laughs> this This episode was um,
0: didn't harm any of the animals included. <laughs> but yeah, tell tell your brother, your sister, your your brother's sister. No, <laughs> tell tell people around you. Follow us on Instagram for. Almost daily updates. At the moment, it's daily. It's very daily. We're filming this. I said we're filming this before Christmas, even. Yeah, so thanks so much for listening. Tune in next month. And as Elliot would say, goodbye. We'll see you in the past.